0: Thinking sideways.
2: I don't understand. Does
0: not compute. You never know. Insufficient data to populate the
2: planet. What?
0: Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Thinking Sideways, the podcast is the one that we are. Yeah. Not that other one you were looking at and decided not to download. You made the right choice.
0: They are losers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. I am Steve, as always, joined by my co-hosts. Joe. And Devin. So this week we're we're gonna talk about a story that a lot of people probably know, but they may not realize how much debate there is around it. And it's it's A story that is who are the first people to settle the new world and to colonize it.
2: Yeah, hot off the heels of our, like, October slay fest. We're just, like, taking a little bit of a, I think, you know, my next episode is going to be a little weird, too, a little Mm -hmm. different. But uh...
1: not
0: full of stabbings and feelings and stuff There is
1: very little stabbing in this. Which is great. Yeah. Very little of it. Uh, So why don't we just go ahead and hop right into it. So as yeah. everybody knows, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No. Yeah. No, actually that's not where we're going. We're going much farther back in time. We're going to travel at least 11 to 20 some odd thousand years before today.
0: Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that range. And, uh, and of course, you know, like, oh, we're we going to get into all this, but who knows? Humans might have arrived on this, on this continent fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 years ago.
1: It's, it's hard to say. And, yeah. and, and that's, a, that's a good point to bring up, Joe. Normally, you know, as anybody who's listened to the show before knows, we always kind of try to tell a story and then we talk about the theories and then we kind of hash mm-hmm.
0: them out. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's not really a story. There's, There's no a story. This is
1: all <laughs> theories. So yeah. this is entirely the theory section. Mm-hmm. And be
2: prepared for a lot of science, you guys.
1: Yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot of science. I did a lot of Googling to figure out what words meant, mm-hmm. specific words. Mm-hmm. I, I've never <clears throat> even heard that word.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. thank you, Google. We're not going to get too heavily into the boring details of DNA analysis and stuff like
1: no, that. No, we're yeah. we're going to keep this uh, at, at a high level. Because mm. if we tried to go into this, this would be a eight-hour discussion. If oh, yeah. we really broke down into serious archaeological mm. nerddom, mm-hmm. which yeah. we just can't go there. Yeah.
0: But let's just say when uh, when Columbus arrived here, there were indigenous people. And maybe not all of you knew this, but there were indigenous people here. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was a kid, actually, there was like. Uh you know, it's like a Columbus arrived here and uh, made friends with the, the Indians and took some of them back to Spain with them for yeah. a tour of Spain. You know, it's like, of course, I guess he really took them back as slaves. But... Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah.
1: And they're, they're, yeah. Columbus himself is a whole nother story. And it's kind of a funny thing is I, there's a little bit of debate about what Columbus was doing and where he was going. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came across this as I was doing some research on Columbus. Yeah, And then I started discovering a bunch of this prehistory. And that's where this whole story has, has germinated from.
0: Yeah. Oh, as a just a quick aside, if you guys want to read a good book, and that's not just you but our listeners, too. I can't remember the author, but the name of the book is The Last Voyage of Columbus, because he came to the New World four times. Was it four? I thought it was three. No, it was four times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And
2: Joe would know he was there. I know.
0: <laughs> Anyways, the... Uh, so, they went through some amazing, harrowing adventures, including having their sink their ship almost sink from underneath them. They had to beach it on a desert island in the Caribbean, and they were marooned for a year. Ugh. And they went through a lot more harrowing things than that. I, you just got to read the book, but it was amazing, all the tribulations they went through. Oh, They're,
1: no, I know Columbus is an interesting guy, and, oh, and yeah. there may be at some point, if I can get enough information on what I was going after... We may do something on Columbus, but let's get back yeah, to yeah, the topic just, at hand yeah. of
0: totally who the side, settled
1: yeah. the New World first. So what we're going to do here is we're going to start with our first theory, which I think is the basis for what most people know. Okay. And it is... Uh, the Beringia, I believe is how you say it, Beringia not, theory, I'm because I'm it's sure from the Bering, Bering Strait. Yeah, so they Straits put an IA
0: on the end, so I, so I assume it's Beringia. Yeah, Beringia was like, I guess, the the, the area that included the land bridge plus parts of Alaska and then Northeast Asia. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, you're, Siberia, you're, yeah, something you know, like that.
1: You're a little ahead, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, it, Sorry. What Joe's getting at is that sometime during the last Ice Age, which... Is a, This is an approximate number, about 17,000 years ago, the ice sheets across the planet had swollen and advanced and sucked up all the seawater, so of course the sea levels dropped and the first people were able to go from the european continent on what is it is now modern day russia the mm. old ussr mm. travel a spit of land to the continental us via alaska and that that is called eurasia that chunk of ground is called eurasia mm. which is now underneath the bering strait sure. yeah
0: no, actually i think eurasia is is europe and asia right
1: oh you're right i'm sorry yeah. they went from eurasia Across That would be why it's Beringia, yeah, which Beringia. I'm not going to yeah, keep yeah. saying because uh, yeah. I know I'm screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, I must, okay. I've, I've got to say, though, but as an aside, that these, they, they must have been hardy souls. I was about to say hardy mother, but I, I was they must have been very hardy souls. Well, and we're going to gonna like,
1: get into some of the, the stuff uh, about that. So you're gonna, we're going to talk about that some. Uh, so here's, here's what the theory goes. And this is, again, it's probably the one that we've all learned in school. Oh, yeah. Is that it was nomadic hunters who were chasing game herds that were in Siberia. And they chased it across that land bridge and got into Alaska. And then eventually they spread south through Canada and then into what is now the United States. And then eventually would make their way into South America. Mm. But uh, I, uh... They, they made their way through a gap in the glaciers that ran through, I, I want to say it's through Alberta, but I might be wrong. I might mm. have that wrong, but there was basically a giant split between the two icebergs and there was dry land. Well, that
0: was probably what we call the Rocky Mountains.
1: Uh, it it might have been, I'm not positive, but you know that, that allows plant life to grow which then attracts the animals, which then, of course, the humans would follow. And then uh, that would dump them out into the plains of the central United States. Mm. Mm. So this is where they're supposed to go. So this is also called, and this is the easier name, the Land Bridge Theory, which I think is what I'm going to use. The idea first came into existence in 1590, uh, and it's from a, a Jesuit scholar, and his name is, Jose de Acosta, mm-hmm. and he he postulated that this is how people would have made it to what they had deemed the New World, uh, and now scientific research has gone on, and they figure that these big game hunters would have crossed the Bering Strait something sometime between twelve 000 to eleven thousand years ago. Sure. So somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. yeah. is is when or, they would have done it.
0: Like, yeah. I was they, or they could have done it at some time in the in the far more in the more distant past too. Apparently, apparently, crossing it well, there was a there were a couple of different windows in which to cross Yeah, the land and,
1: yeah it. I mean it, it, it and swells so could have, and sets, and that's that's and it some could of the have theories. Been Twenty thousand
0: years ago, it's some of
1: the theories yeah. farther on. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's let's keep running with the mo- the the most common one. First this is one of this. and
0: actually, the large scale migration of of humans into North America coincides with what the mass extinction of, like, the woolly mammoth and the saber-toothed Oh, yeah, tigers. no,
1: no. They, Which is why I think
0: to... the, the big massive immigration probably did take place at about that time.
1: Well, and, and there is evidence to that, but there's also some climate things that were going on, you know, the... Suddenly, the icebergs starting to melt. The global temperature is coming up. Mastodons, who are big, hairy, hairy creatures, are in warmer environments. They're not going to live as long. But that's mm. that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we could go down. Oh,
0: yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah no. This is a, a high-level I mean, the, the
1: point is, is that you know they they would have crossed on foot and they would have been walking across that sh- that land bridge to make it to that gap in the icebergs and then get dumped out onto the uh the western plains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is that is in a nutshell, in a very simplified version, how that theory works and how everybody thinks that people first came to this continent and then would have eventually migrated their way down to South America. Well, that's what they taught
2: me in elementary school, so obviously it's right because yeah, everything of they teach you in elementary school is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah,
1: totally. That is absolutely.
2: Are you about to tell me that that's not true?
0: Possibly. <sighs> Possibly true the thing uh, is is yeah, nobody knows I mean he was, ancient man was a wily a wily persistent creature and was I, a wily cre- persistent creature I suspect that that North and South America were being bombarded by humans like for fifty thousand 50, years in the past you know I mean yeah was, could uh, be yeah.
1: well let 's move on from the land bridge and this kind of this next one which is the the Clovis culture mm. mm-hmm. dovetails into that. Yeah, it doesn't okay. it doesn't
0: exclude the land bridge. No, 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 no. no. no but this, this is this uh,
1: is so here's here's what the the Clovis culture is. Let's just kind of start there. The Clovis culture is a, a Basically, we said they followed big game, mm-hmm. so mastodons or the uh, old camels, because camels were in this on this American continent as well. Mm-hmm. They were following all those. It, they were big game hunters. Well, this people has been identified only through stone remains that have been left behind. Why
2: are they? Why are they called the Clovis culture?
1: Sorry, did that's I? A I good no, question. and, I and that's that's actually that's a very good question. It is because of the fact that this was in 1932. Mm-hmm. In Clovis, New Mexico, oh. they were doing an excavation and they started discovering old bones, like mastodon bones, mm. that kind of old big bones, mm-hmm. and finding mm. all these stone mm. points yeah, in, mm. in there, stuck in bone or buried with them. And I was so, going
0: to say, it's, a, it's good for the Clovis people. They weren't found somewhere like, these things weren't found like in Deadwood, South Dakota or something like that. Yeah, the like Deadwood that. people. The Deadwood, I know. The terrible name. Yeah, terrible Las name. Vegas. What about yeah. Las Vegas?
1: Well, the, the Clovis culture is believed to have ranged over the majority of North and South America. Uh, And like I said... Because they were found in Clovis, New Mexico, that that's the name that's appeared uh, sure. applied to them, and that follows in suit. Remember, I said that there were there were spear points. Yeah.
0: Well, they're called Clovis points
1: based okay. on the the, the people sure. that are, use them.
0: Are there going to be photographs of these these things on our website? Uh,
1: we might have some, but I know the links that we're going to share are going to have many, many, many mm. different images because there mm. is tons and tons of photos of these things. Oh yeah. But let me try and describe a Clovis point because this is going to be kind of important to, for everybody to track with
0: actually it might be helpful for our listeners at this point to pause the podcast and go out to Wikipedia and then
1: yeah, we'll Bio go detector. to the website and grab yeah. one of the links, and you'll mm. see some of this, and or just Google Clovis Point, and it will come up. But mm. here's here's what a Clovis Point is: it's a flaked flint spear point. It's got a notched flute, which is inserted into a wooden or bone shaft, and it's got then a flat bottom on it. And I know that probably makes no sense to you right now, which is why I think I need to stop.
0: Yeah, it actually does.
1: And explain a little bit. Of of this stone working technology because there's some terms here that are going to get thrown around and to help them make sense. I'm going to try and, uh, you know, make some analogies to them and, and describe them as best I can. I said the word napping Well, stone napping is the process of, breaking stone into a shape that you want to use. So if you were, if you've ever just been hitting a rock with a hammer or something or another rock or another rock, you break it into a shape that you want to use for whatever purpose. That's called napping stone napping. Mm. Um, You'll hear the term used notched. If, the easiest way to think about this is if you ever watch the old movies where there's Indians and they're firing the arrows, and I mean old movies is in like the 1970s back. American Indians had stone arrowheads, and it was kind of a triangle. It tapered in with kind of a C shape, so they yeah, could flared, tie it onto it an arrowhead.
0: Out, yeah.
2: So, yeah. or if you've you know ever been to the American Southwest, they sell the fake kind uh-huh. like by the millions.
1: Yeah. So yeah. And frankly, so yeah, that's I that's bad. Bad. Not- I
0: always thought that those were actually a better design than the Clovis points, personally. Well, it I mean, depends
1: on the application, but the, the, that that section at the bottom, mm-hmm. those kind of scalloped out C shapes, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what's referred to as, as the notch. notch. Right. Yeah, You've got the term fluted, uh, and this is a stone tool of some kind, can be for any use, mm-hmm. that's got a groove running from its base to its tip. Down its center. So if you think about an arrowhead, but you were to stretch it out and elongate it and then mm-hmm. bevel out on both sides, kind of a little shallow valley. Because, again, this is if you've ever watched a caveman movie where caveman has stick and he throws stick at beast and the the stone is wedged in the tip. I would say it's oh. similar
2: to like the the very basic outlay of like a broadsword. Yeah. They have that like groove down the middle yes. that doesn't go all the way to the tip. That's kind yeah. of the reference I would make. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not a sword; I, it's just like the tip of it. Yeah, I, yeah. Looked, I don't know that's if that I served.
0: I, would, I don't know if that served the same but, but purpose. But that's oh, it a did good, absolutely. But it's a good of did not. Well, yeah. Of no, what this would what, what that flute? Well, yeah. Looks like. Yeah. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just it's for visual. Yeah, for the swords actually, those are called bloodlines. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, that's totally. No, and this was
2: this was for sticks, right? You would split a stick
1: down the middle and stick that, or maybe a bone or something to make a hand. It was, it was a way to hold that mm-hmm. piece of stone in Using that tension room. tension mostly, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's theories that they were tied in or maybe they're loose. I'm guessing they were tied in somehow. Sure. But again, that's yeah. this is just the real basic overview of what these terms mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, flaking is another term that you're going to use here, and that is to describe... The actual breaking of the stone very specifically and usually with a v- pressure. So, if you took um, a piece, you've seen obsidian, how mm, that breaks. Yeah. yeah. If you were to take that obsidian and put it against something else that's hard and intentionally put pressure just to pull a, a thin sheet off of it. So, you're slowly mm-hmm. working it down into it. That's that's what the flakes are, right? Or flaking. The pieces yeah. that are left over are called flakes. Mm-hmm. That's flaking. And then the last one that you'll see in some of this and you may hear is called Biface. And this one took me a while to figure out. We've all seen uh, pocket knives that flip open. Yeah. That's got a single sharp face to it. An edge, a, yeah. Yeah, a biface has two sharp edges. So more like what you'd see is, say, a butterfly knife. Yeah. Or, or a dagger. Or a dagger, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's going to be sword. what... sword. Yeah, yeah that's what sense. biface means. Yeah. It's got a sharp cutting edge on both sides. So that's that's some of the terminology. Uh, now, the Clovis people, as we said, they are believed to have ranged all over, and they're believed to be the first culture in this country. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and dating... Th- their remnants has only been possible when those points are found with bone of some kind. And right, because so
2: you can't date rock.
1: Right, because it's rock. Right, as as I vehemently we, argued yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, so when they do the carbon dating, that's how they're getting the idea of when those those things are from. Mm-hmm. And some of those these points were originally evidently quote unquote dated, but they've been reevaluated based on carbon dating of the the bones that were found. Mm-hmm. And that carbon dating is saying that. They are somewhere between eleven thousand fifty years to ten thousand eight hundred years before the present, so mm-hmm. BP before present or mm-hmm. BPE is now the new term before present or board, era
2: or CE mm-hmm. BC
1: uh, yeah BC
0: that's a BCE B, B, BCE BP. thank you no, BCE. no so this is BC or BP this is BP, BP before present yeah so that would actually put them if they're that if they're that age that would put them here after the. Because my understanding is that the, the the mass migration over the Bering Bridge took place at about eleven to 11, 11, 11, BC.
1: Well, see, this is this yeah. is what makes us so a little bit convoluted is that there are multiple dating systems being Mm -hmm. used. Uh And I I have done my best to try and clean some of these up and reconcile them. But some people use the BC, the BCE, the radiocarbon date BP. Mm -hmm. So, it gets a little difficult, and some just say years old. Yeah. So I've I've kind of tried to suss some of that out, and and in what we're reading here today, the three of us, it's not always clear because I couldn't ever get a clear answer. Well, and let's also it's,
2: it's keep in mind that these are artifacts that were found in like New Mexico, Which, right? So it it's, it's would take not while like it to... was like the first.
0: Yeah, kind of contact, the, yeah. You know. I would imagine it took, you know, hundreds of years to yeah. meander down. But yeah, far. I mean, you
2: know, so it, it's a little it's a little iffy. That's yeah. one of the things right about this whole story is like there's just yeah, well, so many different little bits.
0: It's just a, it's, it's unknown until a little later on the episode when we solve the mystery. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of theories out there.
1: Yeah, well, and, and let's move forward. So we talked some about the Clovis people. Now let's talk about some of the evidence that supports that Maybe they were the first. Mm. Uh, In 2014, and bear with me because there's a bunch of science terms in this one Uh. sentence alone that I will then explain, the autosmal DNA of a... Twelve thousand five hundred plus year old infant from yeah. Montana was sequenced. So they That's they, the oldest infant in the world. It Sorry. is Yeah, I mean I really ah.
0: seriously. Okay, so after six months you're not an infant, right? <laughs>
1: so here's here's a here's a kind of an explanation of some of that. So a DNA is any of the chromosomes. Other than sex determining chromosomes, which are the x and the y, mm-hmm. uh, or the genes of those chromosomes. So these are okay. these are not sex genes. these are just kind of genes in in the uh, in there that they're discovering to be able to date it with. That particular infant is referred to as anzic one. Okay, um, and it was found near several Clovis artifacts, okay, yeah, so they're 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 postulating from that that the two must be tied together, which kind of makes sense. uh they then yeah. did DNA testing and comparisons from Siberian sites, and these would be sites that had um you know these pre-human, or not pre-human, but... Uh,
2: prehistoric. The
1: prehistoric. Human samples. Yeah, they had human all the human samples. And, yeah. and they, they ruled out that there were any European, and by that I, I mean Western European, mm-hmm. affinities in the DNA. So it, it showed that then... All and then they did more more testing, mm-hmm. and they showed that currently existing native populations of this country, which we the Native Americans, mm-hmm. their DNA was related to it. And I'm looking for the one. Um, they said that it was re- derived from an ancient population that lived in Siberia in the upper. Paleolithic Malta population? Mm-hmm. Does Malta sound right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, when they put apostrophes in the middle of a word like get that, confused. it always messes me yeah, up. I don't know. Is
0: that supposed to be a glottal stop? In other words, not Malta, but Malta?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you you might be right.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but they did. They then took that in sequencing, and they showed that South American and Central American, Native American populations were directly related to that DNA. So mm. in other words, they were running that so, chain of events all the way down. And this they say, and this will come in, this will make sense a little bit later, but they say that proves that the Clovis culture was here and it couldn't have interbred with a culture that had come from Europe to the what is now uh-huh. the Americas, yeah. and so anyway, and I, and, and I have to say that when I say that is I, what I mean is if they did encounter other peoples, because this will be important in a little bit, mm-hmm. if they encountered other people, basically means they didn't breed with them; mm-hmm. they killed them. Probably. Or kind of they the did the something, but no, okay. no interbreeding happened on any big scale. So, but, so that's an important thing to remember for later on.
0: So this would suggest then that uh, if if this Clovis this baby who was more closely related to Central and South American Indians uh-huh. than to North American Indians, the population we have today, this sort of suggests that the Clovis people maybe didn't so much die out as just move south and maybe a new. Well,
1: they are related to to the Indian cultures, the the American Indian cultures that were in the eastern seaboard and the northeastern seaboard. But what it what it seems to indicate, I've seen some some graphs of the or some maps of this. It seems to indicate, to simplify it, that they headed south they hit what i would guess was somewhere around texas to mexico and one group kept heading south and the other group headed east uh-huh. and then they and then they went east hit the sea and then began to head north again so there's a divergence in the gene pool because of that mm-hmm. now Again, this is very theoretical. I I don't understand the gene sequencing and how all of that works. You don't? That's what I understand it to me. I mean, it's pretty freaking cool. I agree. That they can figure out that they must have diverged somewhere like that, but... Farther than that, the
0: science is a
1: bit beyond me.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, a bit beyond everybody. Because the problem with it is is that you're working, even if you're a super expert on this stuff, you're still working with very fragmentary evidence. Yeah.
1: Well, and and here, this will actually bring us into the next thing that we've got for the Clovis theory, which is problems with it. Because if we think that... Whatever people it was came across a land bridge around twelve thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. That means that in a thousand years they had managed to hit, head all the way south, populate that whole area, and then spread east into the eastern seaboard of the continental U.S. and then mm-hmm. go up, which is a really fast migration. It is in although, my mind.
0: Well, yeah, because uh, although there there are, there are answers that there are theories that explain that too, right?
1: Well, there yeah. there are some theories oh, explaining well, that. Explain I, there's, a, there's one theory
0: at yeah, least. Yeah, there is. But
1: here's here's another issue with uh, the, the the Clovis first theory or the right. Clovis people theory, is. In 1997, uh, there was a a bunch of authorities. I'm assuming these are archaeological authorities. Mm. I'm not exactly sure who those authorities were. But they inspected Monte Verde, which is in Chile. It's a site in Chile. Mm -hmm. And that site had signs of human settlement, and it was dated at 14,800 years ago, Mm -hmm. which is an issue because if... These people came across the land bridge somewhere between thirteen to eleven thousand years ago. Then, how the heck did they get all the way south two thousand years earlier? So, there's a big issue with that. Mm.
2: I get. I mean, I guess part of the problem here is this whole like we can only rely on radiocarbon dating so much. We've talked about this yeah. on other episodes, and and I mean, you know, it's not. It's not that it's a really flawed, but our ability to date things has to get better sometime. And the
1: problem with it is it's got a plus minus and that plus minus can be huge. Uh,
2: huge. Yeah, and it's, you know, so it's hard to tell with these sort of things where, you know, you say, well, this one was 1,400 and... Or Fourteen thousand eight hundred years ago, and they wouldn't that like that predates these other people by a thousand, like
0: a couple of thousand, years. a couple thousand I years. Think, yeah. But like, what's
2: the plus or minus on it? You know, do they? Is there a sizable overlap there? Mm-hmm. Is it um a little shocking to think that like people could have, you know, settled that much area in that amount of time? Sure, but like.
0: Uh, they might they have... were
2: prolific, like our ancestors were prolific, and they would have been mobile constantly. They would have been so it's not mobile, like us
1: having to pack all their yeah. crap. And there move was across a lot of stuff,
2: right? I yeah. mean, like there nomadic. was a lot of stuff for them to eat. There was a lot of new stuff for them to hunt and mm-hmm. explore, and a lot
0: of game that wasn't used to human beings and that they could kill quite easily. Yeah, and so I after mean, they hunted an area out, they'd move on, and so mm-hmm. and it... who knows? Maybe they arrived twenty thousand years ago. That's and, another And theory. they had another like five thousand, a whole five thousand years yeah. to migrate all the way to the southern tip yeah. of Yeah, pretty South sure that's another theory. Yeah. Well, but and,
2: I just want to like mention, yeah. as a reminder, this whole like radiocarbon dating thing is like we rely on it a lot with stories like this, but it's not necessary. It's not the end all be all. Well, and, yeah. and
1: here's a, here's another uh, another wrench to throw in the works when it comes to using radiocarbon dating, is uh, there is there's a place that's called the. Topper—it's an archaeological site that's—it's uh, on the Savannah River oh, yeah. near Allendale, South mm-hmm, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, an his, archaeologist his archaeologist his name is Dr. Albert Goodyear yeah it is i don't believe he's related to the tire company uh but he found charcoal material that is supposedly in relation to human artifacts and that charcoal material was dated at 50,000 years before the present i just
2: yeah. like that to but... me is like rocks Right, charcoal
0: is like uh, you know it's created by burning wood. So God knows it could have it, maybe people burned a campfire there, or maybe there was just a forest fire. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say.
1: And that's what a lot of people say, and that's why this guy's his claim isn't really. Really considered mm-hmm. valid.
0: Yeah,
2: he does live in South Carolina. No offense to all of our South Carolina. Yeah, uh, well it. let's Just let's kidding. bring
1: it back to a little bit of a a, a little bit in our area. Okay, this was uh, 2002 and 2003. Human coprolites. I believe I'm saying that correct. Which is yeah. fossilized feces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It was found, along with hunting tools, it was found in Paisley Caves, which is in southern central Oregon, which is kind of a desert region, found in those caves. And it was dated to be as much as 1,200 years before the Clovis should have even been in or on this continent. Uh, Uh So again, problems, there's problems with Mm -hmm. uh, this, which and I bring the Clovis first because they follow directly in line with the land bridge theory. Sure.
0: Go ahead. No, let's just go ahead and uh, go through some of this other stuff. Okay. We're going to talk about the fast migration now, aren't we?
1: Well, we're going to talk about other migrations. Yeah. Uh, Here's our next one, which is, uh, it's called Pacific coastal models. Okay. Okay, let me. So there's a lot of words on this page, but let me just go ahead and see if I can sum this up in simple language, because uh, this is a lot of, of science talk. Basically, what this theory says is that during the recession of the glaciers, mm-hmm. people actually knew how to make boats of some kind. And they used those boats to travel down the coastlines of the continent. So they didn't go necessarily across the land bridge, but maybe they skirted it in boats hunting and getting any, um, any vegetation that they could eat. And then they would be able to make their way down that would Make it much faster because oh, you're yeah. always mm-hmm. heading south. Yeah. yeah, and
0: the thing about it is, is that uh, it gets you around obstructions and things like that. It's not all solid. Beach, you don't have to climb place. a mountain. Yeah, you, you just can like, just you float just around, on, around it. Yeah,
1: you're and you've if, got access to you know let's say sea turtles, and then there's oh, yeah. reeds on the on the banks, and then you hunt a couple of deer or mastodon mm. or whatever. And there. There's no
2: saber toothed tigers to take you out in the process. <laughs>
1: exactly. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. It might be. Yeah, you're but, floating on the water. Yeah. Everybody, saber tooth tighter. Boat, boat, boat. Go, yeah. go, go.
0: But of course uh, and, and they could have had dugouts. Uh, they could have had like skin boats made out of skins or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and the nice thing about skirting the coast is it's just like nice and direct. And then if, if heavy weather sets in, you can you just, just, just go h- on land, hightail it to the shore, and pull your boats up. Mm. On, exactly. On dry. And so that's, and, and that explains
1: this whole thing helps explain how these people could have made it so far South so fast, Yeah, um, oh, yeah. which is really kind of one of the issues with the, the Clovis theory. And again, they're, they're able to use the, the, Ecosystems that are both marine and land-based, uh, and it also you know explains how they got so far south from the Bering right. Strait right. to what would be places like I talked uh, we talked about a little bit, which is Monteverde, which is in southern Chile, mm-hmm. and there's another location which is in western Venezuela, which I believe is Taima Taima. I might be incorrectly pronouncing that, mm. uh, but both of those places. Have stuff that's there that's been dated as we said before at about 14,000 years before the present. There, and this is stuff that's like the remains of seaweed that was collected from out in the water, and then there's human habitation remains. Mm-hmm. There's evidently another layer there that has been dated at 33,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, that. Thirty-three thousand years, bit that hasn't been widely accepted. But somebody has put that out. Yeah, but uh, again, I got to bring it up because it it makes you wonder if they could have come earlier. Because as Joe said at the beginning, the the glaciers didn't just expand and sit they expanded and they contracted back and forth so it could have been exposing bits of land to let people get down mm. and make their landings upon uh and and there's there's a guy He's from—is it the University of Oregon or Oregon State? Oh, I
2: better get it right. Uh, well, you know the problem uh, is I
1: don't—I don't remember which one. Uh, his name is John Erlinson. Uh, Erlinson. thank you, Joe. Think, and he described sure. it as uh, the, the Kelp Highway hypothesis. And the short version of that is that there's kelp on the coast, and then as the Bering Strait becomes available, kelp is able to grow there. And these people are using kelp because that's a habitat that, if you look at kelp today, fish... Things like otters and seals live in it. So Uh we've got the prehistory version of those in them. Plus, kelp is game. uh, Kelp is edible in itself. Yeah. So there's all this food material for people to get through. And once they they had made it into the, uh, I believe the phrase is deglaciated areas Mm -hmm. of British Columbia and the Americas, they could then just hightail it south. And he actually says that that may have happened somewhere around 16,000 years ago. Mm. Mm. Now there's some stuff about why people don't like this theory. And this actually falls into a couple of other theories that we're going to go into, but I just want to briefly touch on it. People don't buy into these theories because what is the one thing that we have not found? boats. Mm. Yeah. We haven't found a single boat. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's two reasons for that in my mind is either one, they're boats that are made out of hide.
0: In which case they have long since disintegrated. They've
1: long since disintegrated. Yeah. Or if they are wooden boats and they fell apart after use at sea or on the banks, we need to remember that when the ice receded, the sea levels rose. A couple of hundred meters, uh, yeah. anywhere from one to two hundred meters. Uh-huh. So now we're looking at sites that were coastal sites
0: that are several hundred feet uh-huh.
1: underwater. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
0: it would be so cool, I think, to, to actually map the sea bottom. You could actually probably trace, you know, roughly where the, the coastline was way back then. Yeah, and then just send down powerful machines to just rip everything out of the seafloor and see what you get.
1: Yeah, that that sounds responsible. That's that's
0: a great idea, Joe. Yeah, no, no, actually, but but actually, we'll talk about this later, of course. There There is one powerful machine that does just that. And it brought up some archaeological evidence. Oh yeah, no, we, yeah, we're going to talk that, about that. That's called a tease. You, you know? are you are
1: nothing but a tease. This episode, I know. I've oh. noticed he just keeps dropping things like yeah. that.
2: I well, I was going to just say that, like you know, if you as a culture, you've been a boat culture for a while, right? And you like make land, and you're like, all right, we're moving inland. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks like a great place. We're going to stay here. What do you do? You take your boat and you reuse it. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you just can take because it apart. we haven't found yeah. a boat, like one single canoe or whatever it was, that doesn't mean that they didn't exist. Because I mean, you know, if you've got a really well tanned hide that's like survived for a really long time, super waterproof, you're not gonna just like leave it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take it with you. Well, well you're the other make thing about it is, too is
0: it. like, I mean, if you decide to go inland and and you decide to just abandon your boat what happens at the at the ocean at seacoast is that things deteriorate more rapidly than they yeah. do in, yeah. in the, the inland
1: well yeah. let's also take a look at boats that wooden boats and I mean by full-on wooden hauled boats yeah. that have sunk that we have found hundreds of years later yeah
2: they're not great they're
1: barely there sometimes yeah. Yeah. you know even in the best of cases it's not perfectly there now we're talking about Thousands of years So no wonder That we can't find That record Yeah so Mm -hmm. I'm not Bothered by the fact That we haven't Found boats Absolutely Uh, So we've got uh, We've got kind of A a related theory here Okay And it's uh, I believe the way They've got It's titled From all the research That I did Is it's the uh, The Paleo-Indians Of the coast Mm -hmm. From Uh the Asias Uh, Okay Okay, And this is again This is another Boat theory Mm. Okay this says that people from the coastline of the kareel islands i believe i'm pronouncing that right again this is full of words i don't know but these islands are on southeast asia and japan uh, and then they they extend north across the asian continent and eventually if that Bering Strait happened to be exposed, they would then run all the way into Alaska and down to the coast. So they were basically, again, skirting that area that kind kind of...
0: of, um, Kind of actually is is sort of an extension of the previous theory. Yeah, it really
1: is. Uh, the, The thing about this is, and Joe, I don't know if you can pronounce this better than I, is it the... Haida or Haida Nation?
0: I have no idea. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Haida. Haida Nation. I'm, that's a coin flip, though.
1: Yeah, it is a coin flip for us, unfortunately. Uh, these are the peoples of the Queen Charlotte Islands, which are. Uh, at British, in British Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, and they believe that they may have originated from Asian mariner cultures, mm. and they have said that they, they believe they may have been there from anywhere from twenty-five to 12,000 years ago, which... If you look at some of the, their their navigation, and if it's that long ago, that would explain why we see human habitation in places in South America. We've got a place called Picamachai Cave. Is, Picamachai, I'm going to go with, which uh, is in Peru. Um, I don't and then again, Monteverde. And Picamachai, I don't know why I said that a third time, but evidently that's supposedly 20,000 years ago. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's quite possible that they just, as we said before, were just skirting the coast and heading south. And again, I think we talked about this a little bit, but I just can't see people walking that far in groups over the course of a thousand years. It just seems really far to live your to people's living their life on the go to have made it through all that territory.
0: Uh, and a thousand years? I don't know. A thousand years is a long time. Most people are not going to keep walking and walking and walking. They're going to find a really good spot and they're going to settle there. Okay. Right. And so they yeah. may
1: be migratory peoples that move around, but they have a range. So that's why I have a yeah. problem with it. It's not as if they just said, we're always going this direction. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my difficulty with it.
0: Well, it could have been, it could have been too, that uh, if there were, it depends on how many people were crossing the land bridge and mm-hmm. migrating over, because as you know, this is kind of. I think typical Stone Age people—they form tribes, mm-hmm. and, then, and of course every tribe hates the other tribe and yep. does everything it can to murder the other tribe <laughs> if, if, that, if that other tribe like crosses into its hunting territory. Mm. Yes, so it's there's great. a lot of disputes. And yeah, yeah. Fights. And, so, and so if you have a bigger, more aggressive tribe pushing in behind you, you might want to have some, you might have some pressure to migrate south. On the other hand, if you're just new to the, you know. Fresh out, fresh out the the boat, and you're the, and and there's this big hostile tribe. You might want to skirt them, go around them, and migrate further south. But so that
1: slows everybody down. That's what I'm little, getting at. Yeah. There's a, I mean, think about trying people. People walk across this country. And they walk on highways, and it's still not an easy process, no, and all they're carrying is a backpack. A while. Yeah. Now, think about a tribe of 50, 60 people packing their gear, uh-huh. and there's no roads. That's not an easy trek, and no, you're no, looking no. for food the whole time.
0: Not at all. I don't know. i got to tell you, I, and one reason I, I like the boat theory is I've seen not just the coastline. I've been, I've been all up and down the coast of the of the western United States, and also a bit of Canada. And the, the the coast in Canada, for example, is basically mountains plunging straight into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the absence of roads, you know, I can't imagine what that what that would be like to try to traverse that on oh. foot. It'd be it'd be hideous.
2: Well, and I think a, a thousand years isn't as long as we think it is, right? I mean, you know, in the scope mm-hmm. of our human time span on Earth, yeah, it is a long time. But it is a thousand years really long enough for enough tribes to be dissatisfied enough to like at least well populate. An area
0: mm. that is from Canada
1: to the south tip of South America. Yeah, that seems, yeah. It, it seems, seems like a like, push. It
0: seems to me like there weren't that many people pouring into the country. That there wasn't lots and lots of room for well, the same. Just and again, Washington remember State. the
1: land bridge overflowed with water again. Yeah. So it was a very limited time span for people to continually pour in. But yeah, yeah.
2: and I think I mean boats were kind of like beating this yeah we're
1: belaboring a little bit but you know
2: boats make sense yeah also just in terms of like being able to say oh yeah let's keep going i don't know this place is kind of nice but let's keep going and then like it starts to get bad again and you're like oh i guess we'll just stay
1: here yeah and Uh, yeah i mean there's there's a million ways that you could look at it but absolutely let's let's move on yes uh we have another one and this is the atlantic coastal model is Uh, what it's referred to and this i kind of like this one it's the Solutrean peoples. Is, what is it Solutrean
0: or Solutrean? Uh,
1: Trian. Solutrian. I actually had to do a Solutrian. bunch of research to make sure how to say this. This is the one word I figured out how to say. Solutrean. The only one. Yeah. yeah. So there's two archaeologists. There's a guy by the name of Dennis Stanford, and his cohort is Bruce Bag- Badgley.
0: Bradley. Bradley.
1: Bradley. Bradley. Wow. Wow.
0: Mm. So two archaeologists walk into a bar.
1: (laughs) Bradley. Uh, And they've really been advocating this Atlantic route theory. Mm. Uh, And and by the way, I am still in the process of reading their book. The book is called Across Atlantic Ice. I really highly recommend it for anybody who's into this kind of prehistory. It lays out some good arguments and it's really interesting. It's a, very academic book, so it's taken me a while to get through, and I yeah. think I might have a late fee at the library. Is there, a, <laughs> is there
0: a Cliff Notes version of this book? I'm afraid not. Oh, hell. Uh,
1: so here's how it goes. The, the Solutrean Hypothesis, this is based on evidence that comes from the Clovis people, but what they're doing is instead of tracing the Clovis tool-making style to... The Siberian region, Mm. they're actually linking it to an area in the, what it was, the Ice Age, Western Europe, that is the Solutrian culture. Okay. Okay, so... They have a very similar way of working stone. So mm. they're napping stone. Mm-hmm. They're flaking it. They're making biface stones. But the difference is is that where the Clovis kind of had the bottom of the point was flattened off, mm. the, yeah. the Solutreans had it more of a tapered point. If you think of almost like a diamond
0: elongated Essentially it's like a, if you think of a dagger blade, it's like it's they look kind of like a double ended dagger blade. Yeah. Like it's kind got two of. points to it. Yeah, that's a that's a good like, way to, to, to describe which it. Which is one of the things I was I was wondering about is because when I look at the tree and Flint's points. I they don't look that similar to the Clovis points to me.
2: I agree with that. Actually, yeah. looking looking at them right now, in fact, on my yeah. phone.
1: Here's here's what's the, what's so hard about this. When they look at the napping style, the stone napping style that is done, and the flaking, and again, I'm going to do my best to explain this without pictures, but there's a way that you can take a piece of stone and you can put it against another one and push, and instead of just making a shard come off the side, you can actually crack it and roll it in a circular fashion so that, remember the biface? Yeah. It goes from one face rolls and makes a rounded shape and then pops off the other side nice. and, and that gotta... that that way of making these tools was very indicative for a long time of the clovis people but they've seen that same style In the Solutrian people's stones.
2: I just, Mm -hmm. I guess I feel like... And nobody else
1: was doing that.
2: Yeah, okay, maybe. I don't know. It's just like uh, to think that only one culture of peoples could ever develop this technology on their own, mm -hmm. independent of each other. Is kind mm-hmm. of, it's a, a, like a little bit of hubris, right?
1: Well, and, and I, that's one of the things that I, I had put in my notes is I wonder if uh, synchronicity is the the word that I think of. But there's another mm. word where two or three people all come up with the same idea right around the same time. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, it's this whole like... The argument that ancient UFOologists use, like, for the whole alien thing, right, is, oh, well, all these pyramids started cropping up at the same time. It's like, well, yeah, because, like, people were evolving at the same time and, like, people are people. And, yeah, we have different ideas about things sometimes, but, like, culturally you kind of just evolve these ideas and you make pyramids and they look a little different and you Mm -hmm. have like slightly different techniques, but it's a thing that a culture develops because we are all humans and we are all very similar despite, you know, what you were told as a child that you're like a unique snowflake. You're not, (laughs) you're just not, you're a human being. And like you have the same thoughts that everybody else does and you go through the same things. And so for me, it's that sort of thing where it's just like, okay, yes, on the one hand, it is a, a little odd, but on the other hand, it's not that weird. No, because
0: little... actually when you think about it, too, there, there's only so many ways to make an arrowhead or a spearhead. That's true. And that it's is a very only, good point. Yeah, it's only, yeah. So, And I think we've exhausted them all.
1: Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. that the, the one weird thing is that there is such a huge distance gap because that style is seen in a Clovis... And it's seen in the Solutrian, but it is not seen in anywhere in Asia or the Siberia regions mm-hmm. around the same time. So it's, it's independent on a continental scale, yeah, which but... is what they're pointing at. Now, now, I understand that. I just want to bring that out because there's some things that that kind of shoot some holes in this theory. Well,
2: I guess I'll just, like, point out again that if it is, in fact, even a continental thing, right, is that, well, then maybe that has to, more to do with the way that the stone in the United States or the, like, continent of America breaks than the stone in your... I mean, I is, knows? I
1: believe, is the, the, the general name of the stone. Yeah. I might be wrong on that. I mean, if but that a stone does stone. come up in different areas. It's naturally occurring. Yeah, so I don't know. Mm. It just, yeah, It's very hard to say. Knows? Detractors of this theory, they mm. point out at, uh, well, there's about a 5,000-year gap between the two cultures, sure, so
0: that's a bit of a problem. Uh, yeah. So that's so saying that. So they documented the Solutrean people in Europe, mm-hmm. and they were exactly when they were about five thousand years different.
1: and I believe it's before the Clovis,
0: before the Clovis people.
1: Yeah. Now I but might that's... have that. The I might have that <laughs> flip flopped. And it might be that the Clovis were first and the Solutrians were second, but I don't believe that would have led Uh. this theory to come out. So I've got to say that the Solutrians were first and they were in Europe. Mm. So this theory, the way this theory is going is just to kind of, before we get into the detraction side of it, is it's... Kind of the same as people coming from the Asian continent through Siberia is they're instead saying, well, these guys came up and they went, they floated along on the ice sheets and they went through, uh, what would be Greenland and Iceland and then got into Canada and worked their way south into the American continent mm. hunting and finding whatever they could, in those areas, because there's mm-hmm. going to be critters that are still going to live in those marine ecosystems. People have said, Well, you know what? It'd be freezing cold and it's very wet. If you're a marine culture, you've got a maritime culture, you've got to be able to waterproof yourself. Mm. And we don't see any evidence of that, which we've talked about with the boats. Yeah. It's the same thing. I think that evidence would have disappeared by this time. I agree. Oh, yeah.
0: But yeah you know, the thing about this, the people that put this theory forth uh, basically said that they skirted the edge of the ice sheet during the ice age mm-hmm. and uh, the way I see it before the ice age, they could have actually made their migration. I don't know if you've looked at a map of, of the North oh no, Atlantic. it's
1: quite possible they're saying yeah, it's, you it, can it, they're you, kind of playing
0: in a gray area, yeah, you can hop from like say say Britain to Iceland or say Scandinavia to Iceland. It's not that far apart. And then from there to Greenland is not very far. No, it's not very far You're absolutely far at right, all. and
1: I'm not saying that they were literally mm. paddling alongside a glacier.
0: Yeah, yeah. but no, but other, other people for have other people that put that, for, that theory forth, and, yeah, and I, I think they probably did it under uh, you know probably earlier in time. Mm-hmm. They yeah, came yeah. here.
1: And and mm-hmm. that's one of the things people bash on this theory about. They also go back to that DNA evidence, which shows oh, that, as they've yeah. talked about before, there's no European uh, signs in that DNA yeah, yeah. from uh, it's the mitochondrial DNA. And, and it, there's a term that they throw around, which is called and this is going to be important if anybody wants to go out and do the reading because this will help you a lot, because it took me a long time to figure it out, is they will use the term haplogroup? No, haplogroup. I
0: haplogroup, think Haplogroup, is. thank haplogroup. you. Haplogroup.
1: I cannot yeah. say words today that are scientific. Yeah. Basically what that means is that is people who descend from a common ancestor. This
2: is mm. what they do the testing for these days when you, like, say, oh, the son of a son is going to, like, do the mouth swab, and then you will mm-hmm. like, be able to track it. That's that's yeah. what they're tracking. It's a
1: basically yeah. yes in a very simplified version so, wow. yes over thousands of this years this
2: crazy science the only way i can even like mildly comprehend it is by, like, simplifying it I to the lowest common. Believe
1: me, I've done the same thing. Yeah. So here's... Now, you remember I talked about uh, Stanford and Bradley? Yeah. yeah. They came right back with a bunch of issues to throw at the Landbridge theory that we mm. talked about in the beginning. Yeah, the Clovis culture. Yeah. yeah, and there's actually some really good points that they bring up. Uh-huh. The first of which is the... You're uh, in the middle
0: of an ice age. It's going to be friggin' cold. Yeah,
1: so you're in the Northern Hemisphere why would you be in the north? I mean... And at the high summers, it's like 60 degrees. Uh, second of all, what do we see in terms of light cycles in the northern hemisphere? We go from yeah. days of dark to, sh- to days of light and yeah. then back. I don't know of a culture moving through there that would be able to stand that just freshly coming into that. Do you, do you see where I'm heading? Well, would uh, be I guess, a
2: shock. I mean, I guess, like, if we're, if we're going to just for argument's sake, like, if they yeah. were living in Siberia, they were pretty freaking used they to probably, that. probably, yeah, right? that's yeah. a good point. You know, like, they were used to the freezing cold. They were used to the weird light cycles. And people currently in this entire, like, in this day and age live in areas like that.
1: That's very true.
2: Uh, you know, granted, like, we have better technology, but it's not like they moved there after the technology existed. They've lived there forever. And that's very true yeah, you know, so I guess to play a little bit of no, 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 advocate.
1: I appreciate devil's advocate on yeah. that, but here's the other thing that they bring up that I really had never thought of, which is when the land bridge emerged from the water. It was going to be mud. Yeah. It was oh, going to yeah. be mucky ground. It wasn't going to be hard pack that was easy to walk on. It's going to be marshy. It's going to be boggy. Mm. And how in the world are you going to walk through that chase in game? Game aren't going to go through that easily. It's going to take... A long yeah, time actually, for that to dry out.
0: Well, not just dry out, but actually, game aren't going to go there because there's nothing for them to eat. Yeah. Until plants start growing there, and that's going to take a while.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then yeah. there's the other thing. Another thing they brought up, which is in that region it's going to the first thing that comes in those marshy environments is the insects which are like nosiums and mosquitoes and that yeah. kind yeah, of mosquitoes
0: as like, big as sparrows yeah, yeah so
1: i mean it just again it doesn't seem like a place that i would say hey family let's go truck through that bog and see what's on the other side <laughs> yeah. hopefully we make out and, and we find some food again i understand yeah. i'm simplifying but these are things that i see that i'm like i don't yeah. know I would yeah. go through I, it.
0: you know i would I would think that uh, the thing that would cause that is not the great old spirit of exploration but pressures either from uh competitive tribes that mm-hmm. want to slaughter you, number one or two. You've killed off all the game in your area and you need to migrate to go find somewhere else to hunt. Well, but as you yeah. said,
2: like it's not super likely that that's how things are migrating to the Americas. Anyways, I mean, you know, it's not like a bunch of woolly mammoths are going to be like, "Oh yeah, mud. Yeah, we're, just, we're gonna lumber through this. There's yeah. no food. This is where we're going. Was, That's not gonna happen. I don't, I don't even know
1: that it would take. From, from taken. the Ice Age movie, hey Sully or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah they're not gonna do that. No, they're yeah. not.
2: I mean, if there's not food there, they're not gonna go there. And oh, there's absolutely. not food there. So why? Well,
0: no. I mean, uh, there would be food there in a relatively quick time. I think that probably, um, but not, after not enough to years, sustain
1: a herd.
0: Yeah, is, I guess is it one
2: not it. definitely not enough to sustain a herd large enough to yeah. warrant following. The herd, yeah, oh, right? yeah.
0: I don't think it would have taken uh, like a thousand years. No, for, for, but for,
2: even a couple hundred, like it
0: would take a while. For, that puts for, a ding yeah. in the timeline. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it's a, that's a very good point that they make, though. Yeah.
1: yeah. Here is one of the pieces of evidence that really sparked the whole and people hypothesis. Sure. This happened in 1974. There's guys fishing, and I believe they were drag netting, mm-hmm. and they were outside of Chesapeake Bay.
0: They were a ways offshore. They were ways, ways offshore. offshore. They're right. a couple
1: hundred feet. They're dragging a couple hundred feet down. Yeah, and they hit something really big and heavy, and they hauled it up, and it turned out to be a mastodon skull.
2: Oh, yeah, what a cool souvenir that
1: would be. Very cool, but it was too big and heavy for them to actually log all the way back. To shore So what they did Is they cut off Parts of the tusk And parts of the teeth And gave them Everybody on the boat As souvenirs And then they chucked it Back overboard oh, Was there, God
2: but, uh, Wasn't there like a Stone tool in it Or something That
1: was stuck in Part of the I believe it was the tusk and Is they, what it was stuck and in
2: they mm. And they took okay, it And they took it Okay that's good at least So
1: the people Well it was stuck in it They didn't yeah. know what they had Well but they
2: could have Just chucked it back in That's very true Eventually Can I just say
1: one thing Eventually the people who who had it, donated it, and that's how people figured out
0: what it was. Oh, okay. Can I just say one thing? These guys were boneheads. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended. Even even if you don't have room on your boat and you can't handle the weight of the skull, what you do is you're in a couple hundred feet of water. You tie a rope a couple hundred feet long (laughs) with a buoy on the other end of it to the skull so you can come back and get it. Hello. If they realize what they or had, that Or you stick it back sense. in the
2: net and drag it behind you. Yeah, something. Like, not super deep, and you're fine. You, you
0: pull up a Mastodon skull, you're going to throw it back in. No, no, Hell I'm not no. an idiot. Though, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> throw that out there.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that and and this is an interesting thing because a couple hundred feet down, that's about where the ancient coastline been, used to right? be. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah, that's that, exactly
1: the point. Is and that and as that's I said where a little earlier? If, could, yeah. if
0: we could start exploring that ancient coastline down there, and even. It's not just one coastline. I mean, I mean, the sea level has been rising for thousands of years. So yeah. anywhere between a couple hundred feet down and shoreline, you're going to find artifacts. Yeah. And but those are hard to
1: find stuff. now because they're under sediment and
0: mud and mud oh, yeah. and, and all that stuff. A couple hundred stuff. feet down, and yeah, obviously, you know, we can't go down and just ripping up the seafloor. floor. No, I mean, no. it'd be, it'd well, be fun, but it probably wouldn't be good for the sea life. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I, and, and we're gonna move on from the the Solitrians. I mean, there's there's been other evidence uh, that have uh, that have shown that maybe people were doing these marine lifestyles, the Mariners, mm. so to speak.
2: Yeah, water uh, world.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's things that are outside of, of the Channel Islands in California that are showing uh, evidence of, of artifacts that are from like 10,000 BCE. Mm-hmm. There's all these things, and people keep saying that there could have been possible Failed colonization. Oh, sure. oh sure, yeah, and and that's that's kind of what I want to get into because that that kind of comes into my final thoughts about this whole thing.
0: Mm. Well, actually, a bit. Uh, to hold off for a second, the Solutreans. Uh, the the, Solu- the Solutreans. The,
1: the one word I can say tonight.
0: Yeah, essentially, uh, a few people believe that they migrated here. And a lot of other scientists believe that no, they never ever did. Right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. People
1: couldn't see me shaking my head. I had to say something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I just wanted to make that. I want But but again, this mastodon skull was pulled up with a saw, essentially kind of a solutrean spear point.
1: And it was dated yeah. at twenty-two thousand years.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So that. So you know. Lends a little credence to the theory. Uh, it really does, and here's but the, I
2: guess it's also like fair to say that none of these theories necessitate mutual exclusivity. And yeah, that's that's you problem. Know, okay, so I think we, sorry, am I jumping ahead? No, 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 that?
1: no. I was just gonna say is that I think we've said is that the problem is all these dates we're working with are soft.
2: Yeah, they're really they're, soft, and it's hard to exact. say. I mean, it's hard to say like. Yeah, it's totally possible that, like, the solutreans came over and tried to colonize, and we have, like, all of this information. They, like, survived for a couple hundred, couple thousand years, and then just died out. Mm -hmm. The Clovis culture was more robust. They were going down the, you know, sailing down the whole shore, and they colonized, and they were way more, and they are actually kind of what the true natives are now. You know, I think it, there's just so many different, like, well, it could be a mix of this and this and this.
0: Well, or... given that, given that what, what things were back in those days, I think if the solutrients came over and then, say, the Clovis people showed up and wanted their land, they would have exterminated the solutrients too. There's always a possibility. I mean, war, right. that's, and have. that's
1: one of my also, things I was going yeah. to get at. is Yeah, war. They and could have literally wiped them out Absolutely. and or enslaved them. Yeah. And by enslavement, I mean Killed truly did not breed. Again, I talked about this mm. before. There was no interbreeding or yeah. almost no interbreeding, enough that the, that gene pool can't be detected. Yeah. yeah. There's also the possibility that And this is out there, and I know I'm completely making this up, but I'm just, you know, it's my brain was spinning on this story. Mm. It's possible that these cultures met. And as we said, we've got the master-slave relationship, or we could have the god and worshiper relationship where one culture shows up and they are so dominant and they somehow key into a culture that that other culture is subservient. And therefore, they just never stay in the gene pool. It's also possible that, I mean, nobody's ever talked about this. What if one of these cultures practiced some form of cremation?
0: Yeah. We've, yeah, ne- we've never seen that. That's it's, what I was thinking is like they haven't found remains. There's, there's a couple of things. I mean, the Solutreans. Uh, we've never found any DNA evidence that they are' actually here.
1: right because there's no European but, DNA but what you're
0: what you're talking about is absolutely correct. I mean, a lot of cultures, like say in India, for example, they burn corpses mm-hmm. yeah. but there's another thing there and I have two words, there's two words here, Kennewick man. Have you heard? You've heard of Kennewick yeah. Man, I'm sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kennewick Man uh, found uh, just very recently along the shores of the Columbia River, not that far away in Kennewick, mm-hmm. near Kennewick, Washington, is apparently from the shape of the skull and the facial features and everything. Uh, anthropologists have decided that he was not at all related to any any American Indians. He was probably most likely from a Polynesian island, and so that would that would evidence to me indications of a migration not just from eastern Siberia, but also from Polynesia Mm -hmm. or from perhaps the people who went on to to populate Polynesia because, of course, Polynesia was populated by people from the the Eurasian Mm. landmass. So Kennewick Man, let me finish, Kennewick Man was obviously completely different from the great majority of the Native Americans that we have found here. It is virtually impossible that he migrated all the way by himself. By himself. Yeah. In other words, in other words, it's very likely there was a mass migration of of his people, his not just his tiny tribe, but a whole bunch of people from that area, to North America, and they eventually died out. And of all that population, how many skeletons have we found? One. Exactly one. Yep. Exactly one. I mean, and I so think, um, yeah, that yeah, that supports to me the Salutrian theory a little bit.
2: I think. I, you know, I also think there's a lot to like percentages right yeah. if like 90% of the dna pool is clovis and 1% or 10% is salt salt salturian yeah i'm having a hard time because um there's a doctor who race called salt saltarans oh, so yeah. so like That's i'm right. having a very hard time i'm trying really hard to keep it together I'm sorry um, but i i mean you know if if you've got your like smaller group relatively of Mm -hmm. people who have colonized the East coast. The Clovis culture finally makes it over there. They realize like, okay, maybe they like slaughter most of the people or not all of them. But even if you start breeding, if there's only like 10% of the population over like however many number of generations, which would be a high number of generations, if you're mostly breeding with Clovis culture, people that like that DNA is essentially going to disappear. It doesn't like sustain itself. I mean, there's no way our DNA testing is not so advanced that we could be like, yeah, oh yeah. And there's this 1% that's unidentified. We don't know. It doesn't well, matter. I and, mean,
1: and that also would help. What you're talking about, yeah, is, is saying that the Solutreans were there, and then there was some interbreeding. Yeah, that would help explain why the peoples of the eastern seaboard of the Americas of the of the United States.
0: I mean, I how they talk are, kind of funny compared to the way <laughs> you
1: talk. Today? Nice try, Joe. Uh, <laughs> they okay. are uh. on a genetic level mm-hmm. slightly different. Than the peoples from the Western coast. Yeah. But the people from the Western coast are very, very similar to the people of the South Americas. Yeah. Right? So I that don't... tells you that there's a divergence somewhere, and there's got to have been some introduction of something different. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's So I, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with Joe that uh, it, it just cracks me up that all the academics are fighting. Mm. Fighting over it is this one people. When I think Joe hit the nail on the head that it is very possible
0: that, was all that there was
1: multiple cultures oh, coming yeah. in yeah. at multiple times. And I think the reason that this so intrigued me is that... It shot so many holes into what we all learned as kids, which oh, yeah. was caveman walked across the land bridge chasing mastodons.
2: I think that's all, the, probably the only theory that we can like pretty securely discount.
1: Oh, yeah. Time. I mean,
2: right? And, like and at as, this the, point, as
1: the sole source of people. Yeah, of, there's no way. People. There's yeah. no way. It, it's possible that at the end, the land bridge may have been solid enough mm. for people to just make that solid trek. But I personally think that what, I don't care which side, whether it be the Atlantic or the Pacific, yeah. I think that peoples had to have come here by boat in some form. It's the only way they could have traveled fast enough from yeah. what we have available. Most likely.
0: Yeah. You know, I, it, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it would be really fascinating to actually go down. I mean, that that stuff, the uh, land bridge is still there. It's underwater. Oh, yeah. It's underwater. It would be really cool to go down there and just troll around. I mean, I, I, for one thing, I'm interested to find out how long it was above and if it was above the waterline long enough for actual forests to develop on it, in which case there should be archaeological remains of forests down there. There should be From what I understand, it was a 1,000
1: or 2,000 years, but yeah. I don't know how long, I don't know how high above sea level it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how high above sea level you've got to be before the ground actually starts drying out significantly.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. And. But it would be fascinating to go down there and do a little underwater archaeology, and I realize that 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 kind of thing is difficult and expensive to do. Oh, But yeah. can you? But that would be the, the the real test. Would be to go down there and, and and map it, pick a spot that looked like it would be a, a likely spot for humans to settle at least temporarily on a mm-hmm. journey and then start digging oh. and see what you come up with. For there's, sure. and, and,
1: and, and there's there's the possibility that some of that might have hardened and filled in, so there might be... Mm. I mean, there's there's so many uh, prehistoric tracks of dinosaurs that have become stones, so yeah. we might see that kind of stuff. But it's, 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 it's so it's hard to possible. say because it's been back mm. underwater and mm-hmm. now we've got...
0: You know, liquid forces eroding
1: mm-hmm. it. So I, yeah, I don't who knows?
0: Know. Yeah, it's 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 it would be hard. But there's got to be if that was a land bridge, there's got to be some evidence down there. There's got to be something. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's unfortunately where we have to leave
0: this. Oh no, no, are...
1: we got to solve
0: it. Okay. Oh, oh.
2: Oh, Joe's going to do uh, it.
0: Okay. No, no. I'm okay. I'm, I'm about to announce who the murderer is. But then the lights are going to go out. There'll be a scream <laughs> and the sound of a body hitting the floor.
2: Um, uh, no, wait, wait, wait! wait I, got, I got the
0: wrong one. You're okay. in the wrong
2: month, man. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, that is where we're leaving
1: it because that's that's where the evidence leaves us. And I think we've all kind of beat this enough as to which direction we're thinking it's going. But if you want to read any of the research uh, on this, that's going to be available on our website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We will also have this episode and any past episode is there. So you can listen to them directly on the site. Uh, if you want to download the show on a regular basis, you want to subscribe, you can do it through the site. Or, of course, you could just go to iTunes, where I think most people are still going. Uh, on iTunes, if you're there, take the time to leave us a comment and a rating. We do appreciate that. And that, that gets us out to the wider world of people mm. to help find us. Especially
0: a good rating. We prefer those.
1: Well, you know, you don't a rating have is a rating. Yeah, be honest. But, all all PR know. is PR or uh, something like that. Nah. Oh, it isn't? No. Oh uh ignore that last statement uh now if you want to listen to an episode and you haven't had a chance to download it but you uh you use stitcher you can go ahead and just stream us through any mobile ready device right there uh we are of course on facebook so we have the group and we have the facebook page been uh, some good good stuff going through both yeah, of those it's not bad yeah and uh, people have joined lately. We've been getting a couple of conversations going, so Hey, I'm new fun.
2: followers and joiners. <laughs> What's <that? laughs>
1: And, of course, we have our emails. So if you have thoughts, comments, something you want to share, suggestions, uh, the email is podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I know, of course, this week alone, uh, I left town and left uh, Devin. Oh, it was awful. I told Devin, don't worry, we won't get much. And then Devin just got inundated <laughs> with <the> emails.
2: <laughs> so- so many emails
0: was it he like was three like no nah,
2: there's like there don't worry we won't get that many emails and then like i was like oh man i need to check those because like it's been a couple of days and i checked and there were like 20 emails
1: yeah. <laughs> oh did and i not like, i forgot no. to tell you i check them on my phone all the time so oh, i kind of just deal with them on a yeah. running basis no
2: it was a lot it was it was incredible yeah. so i got to talk to a couple people and kind of I don't know how you feel those. I am awful at it. So no, no, good. you did. You
1: did great. It's did good. good, and and everybody seemed to appreciate it. We got we got some thoughts. We got some ideas for topics. We got good stuff on there. A reminder
2: um, that actually. 8-bit color is
1: 64-color. You mean f- it was 4-bit color? This oh, was... Actually, I was going to bring this email yeah. up because it, it, I screwed up. And I will admit yeah. this right now. This is what a correction. When we talked about Gary McKinnon, mm-hmm. we said that he looked at one of his images in 4-bit color. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't said know it which, was
2: 4 colors.
1: One of us said, oh, well, that's 4 colors when it's actually 16 colors. That bit embarrassing. Uh sorry about that uh, little Incorrect, But effectoid.
2: thank you for correcting us. Yes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely a- a- appreciate the yeah. correction. So that those are the kind of emails where I'm a little embarrassed, but I'm glad to get them. Yeah, for sure. Then I yeah, I know, don't sound miss- like an idiot when somebody listens to the catalog later on. Yeah, <sighs> for we sure. We all
0: misspeak. You know? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I, obviously, tonight I did a lot of that. Yeah,
2: you
1: did. Uh, or, I, or mispronunciations. I think I did a bunch of those, too. Lots of stuff. Yeah. 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 Lots of good stuff. You're screwed up all over the place. <laughs> yeah.
2: This was basically a failure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. On a massive scale. Um, this one yeah. will never get really yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, that having been said, uh, we're going to go ahead and close this one out. Uh, and I guess, well, yeah, we'll be talking to you next week. Probably.
0: Bye. Hey, by the way, I'm voting for the Solutrians.
1: I didn't realize we were voting for things.
0: Yeah, and goodbye. <laughs>